Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles Podcast. I am Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. He is rocking his Show Me Damani t-shirt. Uh... Fantastic threats there. Yeah, if if y'all haven't supported our team on the NIL, you need to get over to CC Creations and start doing so because I got all kinds of stuff. I got my It's Spiller Time 12th Man Towel. I got a Wake em Up 9 Towel and a shirt and got a Michael Clemens shirt. I'm just, you know, single-handedly trying to support the team and, and it would it would be a lot more beneficial if you guys would help out. So. Yeah, Chase just um, went bananas on – on gear for pl- for current players, and uh, it's all pretty cool stuff. I sure did. To be honest, um, I mean, show me Damani. Yeah. It's Spiller time. Like, that's, that's. I have an I have an affinity for DBs, being that I uh, worked with the DBs while I was there, and that just so happens to be like all of their stuff for the most part is DBs. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a little bit of each one just to support. Uh, they they've got these really cool stickers. I didn't end up buying them, but I'll probably go back and buy them later. Yeah. Where it's like the player, but. Like you can't really see their face; it's just like the cartoon outline of them. It's kind of cool. And this is like and it. this is the closest legal way you can get to uh, supporting and recruiting in a positive way. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good. <laughs> we point. It's we, good we point. love to see that. Um, did want to uh, make the case for uh, Cedar Lane to partner with uh, Le- our very own Leon O'Neill. Uh, if you're if you ever been to Cedar Lane, you know they serve uh, these things called wake me ups. Um, it is a mm. uh, it's a Red Bull. That they, you know, they pierce the end like uh, like you're going to shotgun it, and they'll, you know, pour half out and then fill it up uh, with with liquor of some sort. Um, they call that a wake me up. Mm-hmm. You shotgun it, and um, I think they should name, rename those wake em ups and uh, and partner and partner yeah. with Leon. Wake em ups, yeah. Charge nine dollars a piece yeah. for them. I think they're seven dollars a piece right now. The last time I bought, so what's one? two more dollars going to um, do? I mean. Yeah, I mean it's well worth it. Wake them up, wake nine. them up nines. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Let's do wake them up nines. They you got to do that, Cedar Lane. You're missing a great opportunity. Give two dollars for every wake them up that that is sold uh, over on to uh, Leon O'Neill. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. It just it just makes sense. Things that just make sense. The Ineligibles Podcast: Solving the World's Problems. <laughs> um, big weekend in college football. Uh, a a rare, um, somewhat stressful Saturday for uh, our fellow A and M fans. Um, pretty dominant in first in the first quarter against Mizzou. Uh, the game was never really in doubt after that. Uh, some frustrations, but overall, uh, not too too much to be upset about. But uh, let's start. I don't know. There's, there's so much. I feel like we. I feel like we should hit a coaching search first with with LSU. Are you down with that? Yeah, I'm down with um, that. They're looking for a new coach. They are. And uh, we've. That must mean that they fired theirs. 
Kind of. <laughs> There's this is this is the weirdest one of these situations I've seen. Uh, in, I think it is for me too. I don't. I can't recall a time that this has happened. Like, but I'm sure it has. I just don't recall one. It's like it's more like a divorce than it is firing an employee. Um, that they're calling it like a separation agreement. <laughs> like it's. I mean, it. I guess it makes sense. Like. Uh, you're, you're putting the message out there to your fan base and, and the recruits and, you know, your program that, Hey, we're going to go a different direction, but you know, we're, we're thankful for Ed and what he's done. He's going to stick around until, you know, the end of the season. And then we'll, you know, announce a new hire after that. Uh, it also gives you time to, you know, and, and they would have been, you know, doing some back channeling for other, uh, potential hirees, um, or potential hires, I should say, uh, if they hadn't announced this, but this just makes it even more public. Like uh, it puts maybe some, some candidates on notice and, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of eyes on the LSU job right now. Um, I do want to say first and foremost, uh, I don't think Jimbo is going to go to LSU. Uh, the, no, that's just, crazy. it was, it's, it's too easy for people. Yeah, to say. Like I, I get the connection with, with Scott Woodward, but, um, in all honesty, if, if if he wanted to be there, he'd probably be there by now. Like there was two off seasons that, like there was some heavy heavy flirtation going on, and uh, he couldn't pull the trigger. And that was it when he was at Florida State with you know decrepit facilities and no support and no money. And now he's you know got a ten year, ninety million dollar contract. Uh, I just don't see it happening. Well, without without um, you know sharing too much inside information um, from my sources um, that they didn't fire less miles that year because they only wanted Jimbo and he inevitably turned them down. Um, they got pretty far into the process and then he eventually turned them down. So I don't see that being something that comes back up. Yeah. And if you're Scott Woodward, like, Oh, you have one coach in your back pocket, like that's it. You you just every time you go somewhere, you're just gonna call Jimbo. Like, yeah. I, I just don't see that happening. Well, big part of what what he brought him to A and M for was like, hey, here's what we had at LSU. It's a little bit different because of X, Y, and Z, and um, you know. So I I just I don't see it happening. I I think I think it's just it's one of those things that like. It's lazy reporting if you like are really harping on, you know, are they going to hire Jimbo? You know, if Jimbo goes, so be it. Like we'll we'll move on. Um, and I'm only saying that not because I'm not like I'm a big supporter of Jimbo. I think he's going to be one of the best coaches that AM may ever have. Um, but I just I don't I'm not even remotely worried about it personally. Yeah. Um, I just I don't even think that it's an option for him. I don't think it's something. I mean, he's four years into building a program, and he's he's almost there. Yeah. You know, it's the same idea as why hasn't Elko left yet? Right. You know, well, I think they're really, tr- really and truly trying to turn that corner. They want they want that on their resume, and they're almost there. If you've been building something for four years, and then you just turn turn away when you're ninety percent done, you know. They ain't done yet, yeah. honestly, is what I'm just trying to yeah. say. They ain't done yet. Uh, he was asked about it in the press conference today, and his response was, I love being here. This is the job I want. 
Uh, I love being here. He said it twice. <laughs> I have an unbelievable chancellor, an unbelievable president, an unbelievable athletic director, and I believe in what we're building here. Um, and this is uh, from a tweet from Tex Ags, and it was quoted by Courtney Fisher, his new wife, uh, saying, and for the record, I love it here too. So um, happy wife, happy life. Hey, uh, you, you, appreciate that, Courtney. You love to see that. Um, I don't know if, Cor- if Courtney yeah. ever tweets. Like, uh, She's not like a Michelle Herman type where she's like, Constantly just blasting people on Twitter. Um, that mm. uh, that may have been her first tweet ever, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But um, hey, you love to see it, so um, uh, sure do. Uh, but I guess let's let's talk about maybe. There's two parts of this. There's there's why did he get fired, or you know mutually agreed to leave, uh, and who are they going to target? But um, what's weird about this is like. I've been like we've been talking about this for a few weeks, and I was like, "Well, Florida's going to blow them out. Kentucky just blew them out, and they may not. They may win, only win one game the rest of the season. Well, then they go and beat Florida, like, in yeah. a, like it was a it was a shootout of a game, but uh, pretty impressive fashion. They scored forty nine points. Um, they ran the ball extremely well for the first time all season, and uh, for a moment, I was like, "Hey, maybe, maybe he is going to save it. I don't know. Like, maybe." Maybe he, he can get it back on the right track. And then the next day, oh, hey, it's over. Like, we're, we're parting ways. <laughs> so I thought, I thought the, the timing of it was, was pretty weird from that standpoint. Yeah, I feel like they were just trying to get out in front of it because they're like, crap. Yeah. We're going to fire him. And then now he's looking good. So we got we to gotta fire him before he looks great. You know? But yeah. I don't leave it to LSU to kind of botch a coach hire slash fire because – they're big on firing a coach midseason, I feel like. And that just, to me, that just doesn't, I don't know. I, I don't, I think it's kind of, yeah. personally. But, um, I mean, maybe, maybe they proved me wrong here. I mean, I guess in the, in the personal sense, I do kind of like that they're being above board, transparent, and honest. Yeah. Like they're not trying to hide anything. So, like, from the personal standpoint, I'm like, I could respect that. You know, that's a respectable position. Right. But is that how recruits are going to feel? I don't know. Well, they had a, uh, you know? a big-time receiver decommit uh, today, I think. Uh, oh, did they? I didn't see and, that. And from Louisiana, which is which is their thing. Um, like, it's tough because it, it's, it's really difficult to recruit bad at LSU. Like, you've got to really try to piss mm-hmm. some people off in that state to not pull in the top talent. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting, like – these transition classes have not been good in uh, historically, especially with the new signing period or the, the early signing period. So um, that could, that could set him back. But Hey, if, if you don't think he's the guy, if you don't think he's capable of getting you back to, uh, you know, a top five caliber after, after the, the magical season a couple of years ago, then yeah, you make a move. And um, the, I'm, I'm pretty interested in what the candidates that are, are kind of being tossed around. I mean, the, the, the Jimbo stuff was kind of uh, bouncing around yesterday, but it's kind of been squashed today with, uh, with with what he said publicly and, you know, what some other folks are hearing behind the scenes. You're seeing a lot of national guys be like, yeah, he's not really going anywhere. Like, that's it's not going to happen. But um, it sounds like – Well, and if you're, if you're a reporter that is in those press conferences and you're listening to this, which I feel like is highly improbable – um, don't ask that question anymore. Let's just leave it, leave it be. I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. We got our answer. 
if he lies, he lies. But I just don't want every press conference to hear the same stupid question until LSU hires somebody else, yeah. you know? Yeah. No. I feel like LSU probably already has their guy. I think they do. And they already and, know who uh, it is. And what, what are you going to jump out? Is he going to be like, yeah, I'm leaving for LSU? Yeah. And then you're like, what? You told us now? Like, no. I mean, I know that you have to ask the question maybe if you're a reporter, but like, it's it's kind of a tired question yeah. too because it's like, what are they going to tell you? Yes, I'm applying for that job. <laughs> then they don't get it, and then now, yeah. you know, all their rivals recruit against them with that from here on out. Like, well, he was trying to leave for LSU. Yeah, who's to say he's not going to leave for yada yada yeah. after this? So, but but some of the names that we're hearing now are like James Franklin at Penn State, uh, Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Uh, and Mel Tucker is interesting, uh, although I, from what I've read today, he's not super likely. But he, he's been in the Southeast a lot. Like he spent time in Alabama and Georgia, um, was Georgia's D.C. for a bit, uh, did one year at Colorado. This is his second year at Michigan State. And they're, I was going to say he hadn't been there long because they did it at Mark D'Antonio until yeah, just a few no, he's, years ago. He's, He's brand new up there, and they're they're seven and zero. That's impressive. Um, uh, mm-hmm. He's he's a pretty pretty good recruiter. He'd have a lot of ties in the deep south, but um, probably probably not enough track record for a job like LSU. I, I think they're going to swing for the fences for a guy like James Franklin. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I, I know that uh, w- w- the one that would scare me the most is Lane Kiffin. I would absolutely hate that um, with his offensive mind and the defensive talent that they get by default just for being who they are. Uh, that would be terrifying. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think so either. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm dumb to think that, but I, I feel like what Lane's doing at, at Ole Miss is, I think, I think he'll be there for a little while. Yeah. Um, I, I, James Franklin's a really interesting one. I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like that would be a home run hire for LSU. And I feel like, that would be like the absolute best thing he could do yeah. because every year he's on the hot seat yeah. and for what, like he, he does really well at Penn state. Like yeah. he's, he's a good coach and um, I've always had a ton of respect for him. Yeah. I think he's a great coach, honestly, yeah. but um, I think he could turn that corner at LSU. Yeah. I th- maybe even more so than what he could do at Penn state. I think, and that's that's what, that's what that's what's crazy is um, you know Penn State is thought of as a you know a blue blood job, but uh, he's kind of hamstrung by the region that he lives in or by, by the region that he's in. Like, there's not a, a yeah. just a like there is talent in the Northeast. There absolutely is, but is there enough to win a championship? You know, when you when you're still having to fight off you know Ohio State and uh, and A and M. A and M has been going to Pennsylvania and getting guys. Um, that's where Eni White is from. We talked about him on the last episode, but um, mm-hmm. y- you go to LSU and like y- you can recruit in your sleep. Like it's it's just a whole yeah. different world. But um, you know what's funny is go back to to 2013 when uh, when Mac Brown was leaving Texas. The guy that scared me the most at that time, if he had gone there, would have been James Franklin. Like I thought he had because like, he was had been at Vanderbilt and. Uh, won nine games in back-to-back years at Vanderbilt. Like, that's unheard of. Um, it was the first time they'd done that in, like, 100 years. So, um, at that time, I was like, man, if Texas gets him, like, that's a really good coach. Like, he could really do some damage. Um, and I, 
I think at LSU he'd be really good, but he, he doesn't. It doesn't scare me as an opponent the way that I don't know the way that a a Lane Kiffin or um, I don't even know who else there is that would really like. I, I guess maybe Mario Cristobal just because that dude can recruit like like LSU would have like the mm-hmm. number one class every year if if they get Cristobal, but um, I don't know, man. It sounds like it sounds like Franklin might be the guy, and it's going to be awkward because. You know they're like what are they five and one six and one you know still have a chance for the well, here, the playoff. Here, <laughs> like, here's a question: Do they go back after um, what's his name at Baylor? Maybe, maybe. Um, that's maybe that's what maybe that's the plan. Yeah. No, maybe that's already in stone. I think you know maybe he doesn't like it at Baylor. Yeah, I think Dave Rand is definitely in the mix. Um, he's got Baylor playing pretty well right now. They just put it on BYU this past week. Um, they're they're kind of rounding into form, but um, that wouldn't be a bad hire at all. I think he's a really sharp coach. That would be a great hire. Yeah. I, actually, now that I say that, like that's got to be their number one guy. Yeah. There's also you know if this had been last year, I think uh, I think Billy Napier's odds would have been higher. The coach at, at Louisiana, uh, the Raging Cajuns, but they've kind of uh, taken a bit of a step back, and you know it is a uh, a G five program. Maybe they've got their sights set a little bit bigger. Um, I can tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to be Joe Brady. Um, their their OC, who you know, kind of orchestrated that that amazing offense in 2019, uh, is now with the Carolina Panthers, and uh, he's going to be an NFL head coach in a couple of years. Like he's he, he's not mm-hmm. going to come back and mess with college for for any amount of money. <laughs> like he's he's going to be in the NFL for a long time. So um, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like I feel like. I know LSU fired, you know, fired Miles, but I feel like we haven't seen them in a real, real coaching search in a long time. Like when yeah. they fired Miles, they they were kind of in on Herman, and then Texas outbid them for him. They're like, oh, that's fine. We'll just we'll stick with Ed, and you know, that's fine with us. But this time, they're I think they're going to you know turn over every rock and and throw the kitchen sink at this thing. But it'll be it'll be something to watch down the stretch here, especially in you know in in December. But true. Um, Let's see here. Uh, let's talk about games from last week. Uh, number number okay. two, Iowa goes down to Purdue, twenty four to seven. Um, it turns out that uh, you can't just count on on getting five turnovers every every game. Uh, that's not a that's not a sustainable <laughs> formula. And uh, after their first six, I was like, shoot, maybe they cracked the code on turnovers. <laughs> like they're just going to get five or six every single game, and they're just not going to lose. But uh, this game, it was them that was throwing interceptions. Uh, I think their quarterback had four picks. Um, Purdue had a receiver named uh, David Bell, uh, who's a pretty big draft prospect, who just went went absolutely off on on Iowa. And um, yeah, twenty four seven Purdue. Uh, you got to think that that takes Iowa out of the the playoff talk. Oh, I would I would say so. Uh, but there again, I mean, there's so many losses this year that may not. Um, I would I would expect that Iowa probably drops another one, yeah. and and then you know that that would really take it, and it may be the championship game that they drop, you know. Yeah. Um, but but uh, how about the stat that Purdue has knocked off more <laughs> number two teams than any about like what a weird and random stat, but they've they've knocked off now nine. I think if if my if my memory serves me correctly, I think they were saying during the game, yeah. they've 
knocked off eight teams that were number two in the country, uh, which is twice what the the second place. I think it was the next team up. Had, there's somebody who had done it four times, yeah. but Purdue's done it eight times, <laughs> and I think this would have been their ninth. Um, so that all that being said, I hope that Michigan State somehow ratchets up to um, number two by the time that they <laughs> they play them, and then then they play them again, and then then hopefully Ohio State finds their way back up there the next week. Yeah, um, that would be nice to see Purdue knock off three number two teams in in one year, and and vault that number from. Eight up to eleven, yeah. you know. Hey, you uh, don't just walk into West Lafayette and expect to beat the the Boilermakers. You sure don't. Um, Ask Rondell Moore how that yeah, goes for him. Yeah, you know. Um, I think I've got to give some love to maybe the best part of this whole game. Um, Purdue offensive lineman Greg Long, uh, number sixty nine. Nice. Uh, there was a a terrific photo of him uh, after the game. Just chugging a Bud Light, with, like with his like full uniform, helmet still on, still buckled, just dumping a Bud Light on on his face, and um, that's that's just awesome. That's that's one of the best things I've seen all year. <laughs> I feel like that's like not in compliance. Like I feel like NCAA would have a problem with yeah. that. Yeah, you, you think players Love you it. think players shouldn't be allowed to drink during games? Uh, I don't think that, but I think NCAA might think that. Hey, this yeah. kid's from El Paso. Uh, Oh, that explains. Yeah, it. shout out to El Paso, mm-hmm. West Texas. The uh, second best University of Texas team, uh, outside of the University of Texas, San Antonio. Antonio. Yeah, um, yeah. Who who is the who is the best team in that in that system? Is is it is it UTSA or is it UTEP? UTEP's coming on strong. It, it's UTSA right now because they're ranked yeah. for the first time in the history. Yeah. Man, give me an Al- yeah. give me an Alamo Bowl of just of two of the three UT schools. Like, I want I want to see the Roadrunners and the Longhorns square off and and see who's the real UT. Who, who's who's the real fla- who's, who's the real flagship? I tell you who who I'd like to see them play um, in a bowl game is is South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Why is that? South Dakota versus UTSA. Yeah. Um, well, South Dakota's the the Coyotes. Ah, gotcha. The Coyote versus the Roadrunner. Gotcha. The, the Acme Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty. Is cool. a Lobo a Coyote? Could they? Could, could they? I think it is. You, I think if New is. Mexico sneaks into a bowl, maybe maybe we can get that matchup. And it's a little bit. It's a, a Lobo. It's a little bit closer than South Dakota too. I feel like a lobo is a wolf, but it maybe, may, it, maybe it is. It a may be a wolf, but um, shout out to UTEP, man! Like that's a that is a tough job. That may be one of the toughest jobs in the country, and they're six and one. Like, I don't care if they beat a bunch of high schools. Like that's that's almost impossible to do is to get UTEP to a bowl game, and they're bowl eligible after seven games. So hats off to them. That's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. What the, was that? Conference USA, the conference that we always crap on. Cusa. Um, I don't know what conference it is. Yeah, Probably. yeah, it is. It's them and UTEP and the Marshall Thundering Herd with a big 49-21 win over UNT. That's right. Half of this podcast was, was in there. attendance. Dude, you know what was cool? I've I've always I've always wanted to be part of the like we are 
Marshall. Yeah. We are. Mar-. And I was a part of that on That's Friday. Cool. It was really cool. Um, you got some. Matt Good doing his thing. You got some dope gear. For Marshall? Yeah. No. I am. I, I was thinking about. I wonder if Homefield has I, Marshall. I think gear. they do. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, well, I I uh, I feel like I think I think I'm gonna go drop like a grand at home. Oh man, and just like they've got like get so many different teams, you know, like just just teams that I think are cool. Yeah, like the Longhorns. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. um, I, I think it'd be cool to have like Marshall gear and like oh, you know, as soon as um. After next season, as soon as we beat App State, and I don't have to worry about that game, I'm buying me some App State gear. But uh, if if we lose, I'll hate them forever. But um, if we win, you know that's my second team right there. I think I might get me some Notre Dame stuff. There's a really no, I would. There's a really cool basketball shirt from Notre Dame. Oh, I'm looking at that right now. The basketball with the the king's crown. Yeah, it's cool. And they do have some Marshall gear. That's some, some pretty nice Marshall gear, actually. I like the 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 green with the script Marshall. That's pretty dope. But oh heck yeah, I like the old school. See, I like old school logos yeah. uh, or old school mascots. I'm gonna get that one. Hey, th- 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 uh, this is not Spawn, but uh, if you are a fan of A and M or any other, like pretty much any other team, they, they've got a a, a wide uh, catalog now. Uh, check out Homefield Apparel, like. It, it is the softest shirts and hoodies that you will ever find. The logos are awesome. It's a bunch of vintage stuff that you really can't get anywhere else. And and the money goes back to the school, or at least a large portion of it does. So um, support those guys and get you some some dope gear. I, wish we, I wasn't aware of it going back to the school, but I'm, that makes me even more likely to buy this yeah, stuff. I wish we had a promo code, but we do not. So um, you, can, you can find a promo code out there, but... Yeah. Again, it's non-spawn. Well, uh, what other games are we going to talk about this week? Uh, There's a there's a handful of teams I want to talk about that uh, are getting no love on the national scene. Uh, It's because they play in the the trashiest conference of uh, the ACC. But um, NC State is five and one. Uh, They're they're starting to to dominate teams a little bit. Um, their only loss is to Mississippi State, which doesn't seem like a terrible loss anymore. I mean, they beat us. Um, but they, they they rolled Boston College this past week, 33-7. to seven. Um, I think they, they're in the same division as Wake, so they still have to get by uh, the Demon Deacons, who are still undefeated. But um, it feels weird to, you know, like, if there's an 11 and one ACC team or a 12 and one ACC team, uh, like, like how's the committee going to view them? Because I feel like all we're talking about is Alabama, Georgia, you know, Ohio state, Michigan, you know, we talked about Iowa until they lost and, uh, Penn state still has a chance. And I, I do want Cincinnati to, you know, get their fair shot. But, um, what if, what if freaking Pitt goes 12 and one? What if NC State goes twelve one, or, or what if Wake goes undefeated? <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, like, like any of these teams. Like, I don't, I'm not sure that like they're definitely not you know on the same caliber as a as a Georgia or Alabama. But that'd be fun to see them get in there. You know, just just shake it up a little bit. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool. 
Um, I don't see it happening, but I also don't see them going like twelve. Yeah, one. yeah. I, I'm sure. I, uh, I think I think you'll see. I think right now it's kind of it's too soon to say that like teams are going to be undefeated at the end of the year. I don't remember who it was I was talking to the other day that was telling me like they don't see or they were talking about the Big Ten and they were saying like oh, I don't see any of the teams right now at the top of the Big Ten losing. I'm like, what are you talking about? They have to play each yeah, other. They, <laughs> like, they have to lose. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, like they all have to play each other still. Yeah. And that, no wonder they're all undefeated. They haven't played each other yeah. yet, you know. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Here's the question: Will we see a single undefeated team at the end of this season? I think, I think Georgia will be. And if like by the end of the season, do you, obviously you can't like there, there can only be one if you meant like the end end of the season. But like going into the playoff, I think Cincinnati's undefeated. Yeah. I think just those two, though. Um, I think those two are the are really your only options. I, I don't I don't see some of these other teams surviving the the season. Who else does Cincinnati have to play though? I'm curious. They, it's it's um, it's not very tough. Um, let's see here, Cincinnati, and they just beat the crap out of UCF, who is missing their quarterback. Uh, they've got. Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, SMU. Look out for that one. They're undefeated. Um, oh, there that would be a good game. Yeah, that's on November twentieth. So uh, put that on your calendars. Well, I would say that's not a foregone conclusion then yeah. for them to go undefeated because I mean, sure they they beat Notre Dame. That that's definitely their biggest win of the season and and yeah. will be. Um, but I mean, Tulane almost beat Oklahoma. Um, Tulsa, who did they almost beat? They almost beat somebody. Um, but then SMU is a good team. Oh, and they play they play ECU too. Yeah, I, I, it's not. It's definitely not a foregone conclusion yeah. to me that they're that they're gonna go unscathed. Well, I'm pretty sure they'd have to play SMU think, twice because I don't think they do divisions. I think they do like just top two teams. Um, oh, so if SMU is like 11 and one with their one loss to Cincinnati. Uh, they probably have a rematch, you know, at the end of the year. Well, that's that's big too because it's very hard to win the same game twice. Very, very hard. The only other one that very that hard. stands out, and I've actually got I've got quite a few things to say about the Big Twelve, but um, Oklahoma is seven and zero, and I think Oklahoma State is six and zero, if I'm not mistaken. They're six and zero. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. those those appear to be the the two most likely to make the Big 12 championship um, because they still do that even though they all play each other. But I don't know. I, I don't see – I don't know. I, I did like what I saw from Caleb Williams uh, at Oklahoma. Um, he was he was impressive. I know TCU's defense isn't great, but um, for a true, a true freshman, he had a, he had a, pretty, a pretty good game. Um, and they just don't have anybody – that tough left. Like they play Kansas and then Texas tech and then they're off. And then Baylor, Baylor could be tough. Um, yeah, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of wrote Baylor off after they, they struggled to move the ball really at all against Oklahoma state. Oklahoma state may just have really good defense. Um, Texas had one yard of offense in the fourth quarter, uh, 
this past Saturday as uh, Oklahoma State got the win in Austin. But um, there's, I think those three teams, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State, um, there's going to be some some battles there throughout the rest of the year. Um, and I, f- I feel like we've all just written off Iowa State. Like they were they were preseason top ten, and then they lose to Iowa. You know who is is pretty good this year. Um, they lose by two points at Baylor, who's pretty good, and they're not even ranked anymore. Like, do we just forget that they were any good last year? Like, they were a really good team last year, and they've been pretty good outside of those two games this year. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like yeah. they've just been written off entirely, and, and they're still in it for the Big 12. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is I I, I think we uh, there's, there's a recency bias going on just across all of college football where everybody's just kind of like, oh, you know, the the teams are up there at the at, you know at the top. They're they're not going to lose and they're not going to drop any more games. But I don't think that that's true. I think I think we see a lot more shakeup in, in college yeah. football. I really am curious. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia drops a game to Florida. Um, you know, it, it's it's anybody can lose any time for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But but you know, with with Georgia. Florida, they, they still have to play Florida, um, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech, which I think are three pretty decently hard games. Like I, I don't, I don't think they're as. If I was to pick one team that I think would have the best opportunity to win out is Georgia. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, don't same. don't skew my words there, but I'm just saying like they don't have a cakewalk. You know they're not like like Cincinnati, you know that they have a bit of a cakewalk to the to the end of the season, but they, you know, they probably will win it. But some of these other teams, I mean, we've seen a lot of parity in college football this year, and I love yeah. that. I mean, that's what we wanted to see. Um, the worry for me is that that would dissuade teams from wanting to have that playoff. But there again, maybe it maybe it encourages a playoff. Yeah. You know, because maybe some of the best teams don't get in because of losses. Well, now you could have, you know, yeah. like, and this is a stretch. Like, A&M have to be re- really good down the stretch to do this. But you could have a 10-2 and A&M that, you know, hits their stride after stumbling early, who's, you know, on fire at the end of the season, but doesn't make a four-team, but, you know, would probably host under a 12-team format. You know, and, and could probably ho- right. could probably host somebody like a, a Penn State or, a you know, a Michigan or somebody like that. Um I, I, I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see at the end of the year what a 12 team would have looked like. We're definitely going to go over that on this podcast when that time comes. Oh, no doubt. Because um, this is the year that would be so cool to see that. <laughs> like it would it, it, it would make for so many good games. And um, we, we can't project it right now because there's still so much time left to go. But um, a 12 team would kill it this year. That, that would be so much fun. For um, sure. For sure. Oh, and uh, I wanted to say that uh, Oklahoma State plays at Iowa State uh, this Saturday, so uh, keep your eyes on that. Um, how about the SEC West? Uh, we had written off LSU. They kind of bounced back, even though their their coach is leaving. Um, Auburn looks good. Auburn's got two losses, uh, just just c- coming off of a 38-23 win at Arkansas. Um Bo Nix still doing Bo Nix things, uh, hot and cold. But <laughs> when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad. Um, 
Mississippi State got wrecked by Alabama. Um, they were mm-hmm. Alabama definitely uh, let out some frustration after after losing to A and M, but um, and then Ole Miss bounces back and, and beats Tennessee. So uh, there's there's <laughs> there's a lot of football left. Um, it's it remains to be seen who uh, like, like like one of these teams is going to be last in the West. Like one of these teams is going to be seventh, and mm-hmm. they they you can make a case they should all be in the top twenty five. With the exception of LSU, maybe, but um, it's 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 crazy, man. Like this is a this is a tough ass division. It, it is, and and it's it's fun. I like it this way, <laughs> honestly. Like I, I I I don't like where you know you look at last year where Alabama and A and M combined for like fifty percent of the yeah. wins, or maybe more, maybe like sixty percent of the yeah. wins, and that's because we 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 were so top heavy. And and what do you hear? Oh well, yeah, it was a down year in the SEC. Yeah. Well, it's only a down year because we beat everybody, yeah. you know. But if it if you got two teams that are beating everybody, then the math doesn't work out. It doesn't allow it to be a good year for a, any other team. Yeah. Um. So so I, I like it. I, I chalk me up for a bunch of of ten and two teams. Yeah. You know, battling it out. That, that's what I want to yeah. see. Um, hey, uh, so. in in two weeks, it's kind of a down week this week because like teams are starting to go on buys. Um, like you got Ole Miss and LSU, that could be fun. Uh, Mississippi State plays Vanderbilt, that's gross. Um, Tennessee <laughs> is at Bama. A uh, and gets South Carolina, who barely beat Vander- Vanderbilt last last week. Uh, that was way mm-hmm. too close for the Gamecocks. But the following week, A and M is off, but we get Georgia at Florida. I'm not at Florida. They play uh, in Jacksonville, but and that night we get Ole Miss at Auburn. That's going to be a banger. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, we like you said, the West. What, there's still a lot of good games to be played in yeah. the West, and there's still big question marks on how it's going to end. Yeah, up. I'm not. I'm not so sure that Alabama won't drop another one. You know, um, and I'm going to put my AM hat on here for a second. But um, in a dream world, <laughs> in an in an AM fan's dream world, um, you find a way to. Uh, you know, get past South Carolina, get to the bye. Um, 
get everybody healthy or get, you know, whoever's not out for the year, get them healthy, maybe get Caleb Chapman back um, and, and some of those guys. And then, you know, Jaden Peavy, I think he, he was out last week. Um, and then gear up for the home stretch. Uh, you get Auburn at home. Uh, you win that one. Go win at LSU or, or at, at Ole Miss. Go win at, at, at LSU. Uh, finish 10-2 and two and then pray just pray that Auburn can knock off Bama. It's at Auburn this year. The Iron Bowl is in is yeah. in Auburn. Um, that's where Bama tends to lose these things <laughs> whenever whenever they play. It's 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 on the road. Um, and Auburn's good enough to do yeah. that. Honestly, they're 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 pretty good. And in that scenario, A and M's in. I mean, they're in the they go they go face Georgia in in Atlanta. Uh, that would be mm-hmm. nuts. I'm I'm not expecting that. Um, I'm hopeful that we get to nine and three. I'd love to beat at least one of Auburn and Ole Miss. I think they're both pretty tough teams, but um, you beat them both. That's awesome. You go, you know, thrash LSU and send uh, Ed Ordron packing with a, uh, a non-bowl season. That'd be great. That'd be like we're, we're doing backflips here on the podcast. But um, from a non-ending perspective, just a college football fan, this is a really fun year. <laughs> like I think I got – it really I, I got down a few weeks ago. I was like, man, like Bama's great. Georgia's great. Ohio State's great. Like they're all three going to make it. OU's going to probably find a way to, you know, go undefeated. But now like there's a lot of games left. Like the month of November, they remember November. That's, I've, I've always said that. You know that, Chase. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be – it's going to be a hell of a month. Like there are so many good games and – there's going to be a team that has been written off that, you know, makes a furious push for the playoff. I don't know who it is yet, but. Um, well, as an Aggie, I hope hey. it's us. You know, because it, because then they'll be saying, yeah. well, you know, well, that wasn't the same A&M team that played back, you know, because they, they had their second string quarterback in. He hadn't really played much. It's, it's a different A&M team at the end of the season. And, I mean, it should be. It should be a different team yeah. by the end of the season, but um, yeah, I mean, it, I I agree with you. I think I think you know, and we go through this every year. Every year, whenever we get to that first part of November, where everybody's saying, you know, when that first college football playoff ranking comes out, you know, they're they're talking like, oh, okay, well, here are your four teams. Yeah. Most of the time, it doesn't end up those four oh, teams. Yeah. Most of time, two or three. There's somebody that falls out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, half the time it's us. (laughs) You know, so Um, it's it's just kind of. So throughout this this conversation, we've talked about everything or every conference, uh, except for the Pac-12, because we have no freaking clue what's going on over there. Um, Oregon still only has one loss. Amazing. Like they should have lost to Cal the other night. Cal blew that. They they blew that. They blew that game. Um, And I was just about ready to buy in on Arizona state. And they were, they were dominating Utah to start that game. And then they just stop and they lose 35, 21. Like there's no one over there that wants to be good. (laughs) Like, like, like like, there's none of those teams that just want to win the division or want to win the conference. Like there's all like, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'll let you win this week. And I'll, okay. Like we're, we're done. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Maybe, I don't know. Oregon plays at UCLA this week. We, we mentioned that way back when we thought this would be like a, a top 10 matchup. Um, 
I, I think Oregon gets their second loss and pretty much eliminates the Pac-12 of any playoff hopes, of which there are already very little. But um, oh, Oregon is losing again. There's no <laughs> doubt about it in my mind after watching them on Friday. Yeah. Like it's just not happening for them. Stuff like that pisses me off um, when good teams are like like blue bloods should lose, but they don't. Like um, uh, Clemson, like Notre like, Dame, like Notre Dame, like Notre Dame every week. Like Clemson at Jesus. Boston College two weeks ago, they should have lost. I think Clemson should have lost this past weekend too. I forget who they played, but I remember watching that and be like, man, like they're not good. <laughs> it was Syracuse. Syracuse should have beat them. Like God, but. Anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at is this is a really fun season. Uh, it's a, a renaissance season, in the words of Josh Pate. Um, I don't know. I feel yeah. like the sport's kind of reinvigorated. Uh, it. I, I agree. I, I thoroughly agree with that because of the parody that we've seen. Yeah. It got boring. Everybody everybody would say that. Like it, it's been boring. Yeah. It hasn't been this year. Yeah. Um, and. I, I've never I, I can never point to another season where I felt so just like depressed about the way the rest of the season is gonna go and then immediately be reinterested in it after we already have two losses. Right. Like when we beat Alabama, I'm like, oh, okay, here we are, <laughs> we're back. Like um time for us to to watch the game yeah. again. Um so so like uh, it's it's but I feel like a lot of teams have been yeah. that way. You know, it's not just been yeah. us. Um, um, I've got to get out of here pretty quick, but I did want to give a handful of thoughts on AM. Um, yeah. Look, guys, like after we got up, what was it, 21 0 in the first quarter, mm-hmm. there wasn't any doubt. Like, that's not, that's not a good team over there. Like, they're just not a good football team. Um, not what I thought they'd be. You know, preseason, I thought this would be like the ultimate trap game. And it still was. That's probably why you saw our team kind of dragging ass, you know, in the second half. Um, yeah. Like, you you just had the biggest win of your lives. And you're probably, you know, you're probably getting your ass kissed all week on campus. Like, oh, like, that was so great. And it was great. And it's hard to, you know, just like it's hard to get over a bad loss, it's hard to get over a great win and refocus and, you know, kind of get back to work. And we did that, and we were like, okay, we're up 21-0, like, this game's over. And we we just took the foot off the gas a little bit. And um, now that we're past that, like, it was on the road, 11 a.m. Uh, also, was that the worst broadcast you've ever watched I, I, on the SC now? Yeah, what was up with that? It was I weird. have no idea why it was so bad. I don't know if it's, like, the angle, but, like, watching this, I was like, I watched a – I watched a high school game last night on YouTube that was better than this. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. Yeah, I think it may have been the angle because sometimes like the angle will be different on like Madden yeah. or FIFA, and you're like you like can't put quite put your finger yeah. on it. You're like, why is this so weird right yeah. now? And then when you finally figure it out, that's what it ends up being. And so then it, it may have been the same same way. On and then there was like a, like a glare on the field on their on their crappy turf, and like it was super windy. It just looked it looked awful to be there. Like I, I'm I'm glad I wasn't mm-hmm. there, but. Um, I, I don't know if any road trip to Mizzou is is good because last time we went it was or last time we last time A and M went there it was like thirty degrees and, and wet and we uh, we got our butts yeah. kicked but um, I don't know Chase if you, you got any any thoughts from the game yeah my thoughts I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too hung up on um, us kind of going into autopilot 
after we got up 21-0 because it truly looked like – I mean, we were averaging at one point 15 yards a carry. Yeah. Like, I think in the first quarter we averaged 15 yards a carry. If I was on that sideline, I'd be bored by the first yeah. quarter because it's like, okay, like whenever we need to score on them, we'll just go score on them. You know? I mean, it was it was 3rd uh, and 11, and we handed it off to A-Chain, and he didn't even get touched on the way to the end zone. Like, it was – that run defense is it, – it's the worst in the country for a reason, and I don't and, know. I think after we, after we got a big – we just kind of – checked out i agree and that's why i'm not i'm not really i mean i kind of checked out of watching it to be honest with you yeah i was trying to um, follow uh texas and oklahoma state and arkansas opera <laughs> yeah i was too and, and lsu florida yeah. like i was watching i was watching it was weird i was going for texas ut or texas texas a&m and um lsu all at one time <laughs> I, I felt very odd but um but no, I I, uh, I thought we played well in a lot of ways. Uh, our run game just looked incredible, but of course that was really just because their run defense yeah. sucked. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to glean from this game, to be real honest with you. I didn't feel like um, so. I I kind of you know we got away with a win on a, in a road game. We didn't hit a trap. You know, it, we we got past. We didn't have a hangover from beating number one teams. I'm yeah. say um, that was my biggest worry. I don't feel like we had that. I felt like we did a, a relatively good job of maintaining what we needed to maintain, yeah. and um, we got in and out of there with a win. That's all that matters to me. Now we we really need to start focusing on, you know, what's ahead of us. Um, obviously, not looking forward. You know, not not to put South Carolina. You know away but South Carolina needs to be a game where we just get out there and win but we really got to focus on Auburn yeah. and, and uh, you know Ole Miss because those are there's gonna be some tough games and we got to make sure that we get healthy for them and that we we play our game right the way that we need to leading up to that yeah you know? so I think the, the only thing that uh like the only thing I, I have to to add to that is um, I really hope that Calzada is just Repping the hell out of those passes to the running backs, because um, if he yeah. had, if he had hit half of those, like that game's probably like fifty-two to seven instead of yeah. He, he really needs he really needs to improve yeah. that. He he's got to, um, but you know that is kind of a low percentage throw. Like that that's not. I mean I know that that's not throwing it out to the flat is hard. That's a hard throw. Um, it, it's. Maybe it's not low percentage. Maybe that's bad terminology because maybe it is a higher percentage than I think it is. But it is a hard throw. Well, and you want to because you got to put a certain amount of touch. Yeah, on and it. you want to hit the guy in stride. Yeah. Like put the ball out in front of him. Don't make him like turn right, around. That's what I'm trying to say. Like if you try to ma- if you make him turn around, if you overthrow it, like it's easy to overthrow yeah. him. It's easier underthrow him to where you know then they're having to come back to the ball. And regardless, if you if you do that, if they, you do not hit them in stride, they're off of their rhythm of where they're headed, they're going to get tackled yeah. they, and they're going to get wrapped up in the backfield. So you've got to hit that one perfect. Yeah. And the amount of times that we threw that, I mean, we did that a lot on Saturday yeah. and that that's kind of, I think some of it was exacerbated because we did it yeah. so much that, um, you know, it really just 
It just wasn't yeah. hitting. And honestly, I think they should have seen, hey, this isn't working. We need to yeah. just, you know, the, today is not the day to throw that yeah. pass. Let's let's just cut a few. Of those I think out. I think yeah. it's just frustrating for AM fans because it seems so simple. Like it's the typical, like from uh, uh, what's his name, Sunshine from Remember the Titans. It's like. You can throw the ball a mile, but you can't throw it three yards. <laughs> like, it, like, like to us, it seems so simple. Like he's right there, just just hit it. Yeah, it seems so simple. <laughs> sure, it seems so simple because that's the only passing route that we did for eight yeah. years. You know, so when we had multiple quarterbacks, multiple receivers, multiple running backs running nothing but bubble screens and flat yeah. routes, of course it seems easier because that's all we've ever yeah. done. But it's not the easiest easiest throw to make. Yeah. You know, it, it really is difficult, and so I. I in some ways, I'm glad that he can't throw that so that we don't just do check downs every single yeah. play. Y'all remember how frustrating that yeah. was? So but it it, <laughs> yeah. it was there, and I think I think it could it could be some big plays if uh, if if we can hit those in the future. But um, I, 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 I saw I was watching the Cowboys yesterday. Uh, shout out to to them boys, um, five and one. Uh, and Dak Dak had like he made one of the same throws, and it was just perfect. Like it was it was a gorgeous throw to Zeke and. Uh, right, right out in front of him, he he like ran, basically like ran right under it, uh, like on a little on that little swing route, and it was beautiful. But he's Dak Prescott. He's you know the forty five million dollar man or whatever you know per year. So um, it's a it's a high level yeah. throw. But um, I hope they're they're repping that and uh, yeah, uh, beat the hell out of uh, our bitter and most hated rivals. Uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks, and hope that we bring home. We got to win that Bonham Trophy. Yeah, yeah. it's got to stay at the. Alamo. You got to bring home the John Bonham. Uh, you know, it's weird that they named a trophy after uh, the, the the drummer for Led Zeppelin. Um, it, <laughs> it seems like I feel like John Bonham doesn't have any ties to either of our universities. But hey, I, I like Led Zeppelin, so I'm cool with that. Hey, hey well, I believe it's James. Oh, it's, it's James. Okay, never mind. Yeah, he was he, he was a he was a volunteer um, from South Carolina. Yeah. He actually went to South Carolina A and M. Whenever it was South Carolina got A&M. it came down, rescued a lot of people at the Alamo. I don't know if rescued's the right word. He died at the Alamo. Yeah. That's all. I really yeah, I think wish. everybody else did too. So um, I don't know if he rescued him. Um, yeah, it should change to the John Bottom. It's a little bit cooler. But <laughs> John Bottom. <laughs> yeah, I think it's James. It Bonham. is. It is James uh, Bottom. <laughs> It's it's a it's the best it's the best trophy in college football. Yep. Uh, Everybody knows yeah. about it. Uh, I'll I'll post a picture of that whenever I share this episode. <laughs> but uh, all right, well uh, we're, we're we're glad to be getting to y'all uh, on schedule this week, um, and not on Saturday because no one likes to listen to podcasts on Saturday. You want to hear it ahead of time. So um, uh, we appreciate you sticking with us and listening and. Um, Enjoy your week. Uh, enjoy your weekend of football, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, let me let you out of here with the quote oh, of the week. Oh, yeah. Hit him with it. All right. Quote of the week this week comes from Lane Kiffin. Um, very inspirational. He said, I think they kind of like me. Take that with you this that, week. Think about that. Whenever whenever people throw trash at you, just yeah. be like, I think they kind of like After me. After you, you know, have a half bottle of mustard chucked at your face. Um, <laughs> did you see him moss that bottle? Yeah. As he was walking on. Just- well, then he threw his visor into the crowd. Yeah. I thought that was pretty baller. Yeah. As much as I don't like him, like he's, he is the perfect. Oh, I love Lane he's, Kiffin. He's, he's, I, the, I he's love the perfect, Lane the perfect Kiffin. villain for college football. So he's, he's, 
I used, totally to, I used to watch a show on Comedy Central every single night. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy that, you know, he's made such a, a career change from, you know, being a comedian on the West Coast to coaching football in the Deep South. Yeah. But Yeah, Daniel Tosh was just one of those names like, uh, you know, like the, the authors use whenever it's not their real name. Well, I think it's a Mandela effect, like that was Lane Kiffin the whole time. Ooh. Ooh, what if it was? Yeah, but. All right, we'll catch y'all next week. All right, well, see you after a while.